Good morning, listeners. Oh my goodness, pray for me. <laughs> Spotify is coming out with all these rules and regulations and laws, and um, it's getting scary, but I'm putting it in God's hands. I know our numbers are through the roof, and I thank God for that. So anyway, you keep coming back to pray with me. Let's get these blessings started. It's a daily podcast, and I'm 100% here for you and me to grow and develop our relationship with God. And it's working. In the name of the Father, let us pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for yesterday. Thank you, Lord, for leading the way. Thank you for your tender care. Today and tomorrow, we know you'll be there. Thank you, Lord, for every plight. Thank you, Lord, it will turn out right. Thank you, Lord, for today. Thank you, Lord, in every way. Amen. Father, how grateful we are that we don't have to beg. We don't have to plead. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to doubt. We just know that everything you've said is absolutely true and that anyone who is willing to ask you to forgive them of sin and surrender their life to your lordship, to your way, and to your will. Well, everything will change for all eternity, and we are grateful beyond all ability to express thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen. Father, how grateful we are that you are so patient with us and you love us. You see us in our weak moments, And in our frailties, you pick us up when we falter. You're so full of forgiveness, so full of love, so full of goodness, and just so full of the best of everything. I pray that the Holy Spirit will sink this message deeply into the heart of every person who hears it and that we will respond in wisdom understand the obedience required of me, and walk in that obedience. I pray we find the awesome, thrilling joy of knowing our living God. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, listeners, fasten your seatbelts. We are about to be schooled in the Lord today. I love it. Okay, you know my In Touch magazine. Okay, it says, God's purposes and promises are unchangeable. 
And that's hard for us to imagine since we live in a world that is constantly in flux. There doesn't seem to be much that we can count on to steady our lives. Jobs can be lost. Loved ones may die. Plans must always be altered. And dreams are often dashed. Yet our souls do have an anchor which holds fast no matter how many storms we experience. The nautical anchor does its work of steadying a ship in the hidden depths of the waters. And that's sometimes how God's promises seem to us. They're blocked from our sight and seem far away. But as the waves of circumstances rage around us, our anchor of hope holds fast. We haven't been promised an easy earthly life, free from trouble and suffering, but we have been promised an eternal hope for our souls. And that is steadfast and sure. The reason that we have such a hard time remembering our anchor of hope is because our lives are above deck where the storms rage. To regain our hope, we must regularly peer into the depths of God's word to be reminded of the eternal promises that cannot fail. Amen. Make sure you read Hebrews chapter 6 today if you get a chance. Really good. And now, let's talk about becoming holy. It is very common to hear Christians say, you don't have to be perfect. God loves you just the way you are. And that statement is true, except it is not the whole picture. Yes, the Lord's love is unconditional and we can do nothing to change it. But at the same time, his plan for all believers is to make us increasingly like himself. It's a perfection that transcends our understanding of the term. A perfection found not in how we perform, but in our willingness to surrender our life to him. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 48, Jesus says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Listeners, instead of hearing those words as an impossible expectation, let's think of them as an invitation. God is welcoming us to the abundant life the healing of our soul, the recovery of our true self. And that's what we know as the process of sanctification. To be sanctified, in other words, is to become holy. It is not a pursuit of faultlessness, but rather one of becoming more and more like Jesus. 
And there's just one way to do that. Say yes to his invitation each day. Say yes. Be right back in a moment. Say yes. Let's talk about genuine repentance. Usually the first words out of our mouth are, I'm sorry. And we obviously regret being caught or we're unhappy about the punishment that may follow. But we're probably not as remorseful as we should be. Believers sometimes approach confession and repentance the same way. Sorrow usually accompanies admission of guilt and feelings of shame and remorse are labeled as repentance. Yet too often our repentance is shallow. We're sad over the consequences of our actions and upset that we failed to live up to our own standard of good behavior. But genuine repentance goes deeper than self-reproach. It involves a sense of grief over having wronged God by sinning against him. Our desire, listeners, should be to please our Heavenly Father, not grieve him. So genuine repentance leads us to forsake the sin and practice obedience. When we humble ourselves and truly repent, the Holy Spirit pours his power and strength into our life. Then we are enabled to turn from that sin in order to walk in obedience to our Lord. Ooh, some powerful words there. I love it. And here's some more believers tools. Listeners, as we mature spiritually and gain wisdom from scripture, we should recognize that confession, repentance, and obedience are necessary tools for maintaining an intimate relationship with God. And yes, we have an intimate relationship with God. When the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin, the right response is to quickly confess the wrong to God and turn away from it so that we won't continue to grieve our Father. Confession means agreeing with God that our transgression is wrong and did indeed violate his will. Sin impacts our fellowship with the Lord. You need to know that. And until we confess it to him, we cannot receive the cleansing that he offers. But when we do, he is faithful to forgive us right away. Confession is incomplete unless we also repent. And that's an interesting point. That means we have to turn away from sin 
through the power of the Holy Spirit and turn immediately to the Lord in obedience. Sadly, true repentance is increasingly neglected by our society, a society that rejects all shame suddenly and encourages tolerance of sin, sadly and suddenly. Do not believe the world's lies. See your sin as God sees it and let your heart be grieved. To keep your life pure, listeners, to keep your life pure before him, use all the tools that he has given. Confession, repentance, and then return immediately to obedience. Amen. I think we can agree on that. Hallelujah. Stay right there. We'll be back. We've got more. We're getting warmed up. From trusting God day by day, this is a nice addition. It says, Psalm 32, verse 5. I acknowledged my sin to you and my iniquity I did not hide. I said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, continually unfolding the past till all is told. Then you forgave me the guilt and iniquity of my sin. Interesting. So, listeners, we have to learn the difference between condemnation and conviction. Condemnation presses us down and manifests as a heavy burden that requires us to pay for our errors. Conviction is the work of the Holy Spirit showing us that we have sinned and inviting us to confess our sins in order to receive forgiveness and God's help to improve our behavior in the future. Condemnation, in my opinion, makes the problem worse. Conviction is intended to lift us out of it. I love that. When you feel guilty, the first thing to do is to ask yourself if you are guilty according to God's word. Perhaps you are. And if you are, confess your sin to God, turn away from that sin, and don't repeat it. If you need to apologize to someone you have wronged, just do it. Then you got to forgive yourself and let it go. Just keep it simple, listeners. Keep it simple. Keep it moving. Keep it simple. You know that God already forgave you. And if you refuse to do the same, then you're going to miss out on the joy of redemption that God wants us all to experience. Okay? Um, here's something, an example. She says, if you feel guilty when you try to rest... There's no reason to feel feel guilty. 
because that's totally wrong thinking according to God's word because even he rested from his work of creation and he has invited us to enter into his rest. So any guilt that you feel when you try to rest is unscriptural, it's irrational and downright ridiculous. Amen. Stop believing in your feelings alone and start examining them in the light of God's word and stop feeling guilty about rest. Trust God in his word and he's going to reveal to you whenever your guilt is false and whenever your thinking is wrong. So just trust in him. See what God says about the situation and put your trust in his word and he convicts, but he gets it off us real quick. One of the strongest and most persistent fears that people experience is the fear that they won't have what they need. Hmm. We want to feel safe in every area of our life, but we are constantly attacked with the fear that we won't have what we need, be it finances, be it the proper relationship, be it the ability to do what God has called us to do. More than any other command in scripture, God tells us not to fear, right? Not to fear. God never promises us a trouble-free life, but he does promise us his presence and the strength, mental, physical, and emotional that we require to get through our troubles. What are you afraid of? No matter what you're going through, it's no surprise to God. And he's not unsure of what's around the corner. And he's not unprepared for whatever you're going through. So once again, for the 100,000th time, put your trust in him and be confident in his plans and his plans only for your life. And listeners, you're going to know his plans only when you ask him for his plans. He is telling you for sure. And lastly, Romans 12, verse 3. Excuse me. 
It says, think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Be right back. It may sound spiritual to say I am full of faith, but are you using your faith? Faith is released by praying, saying, and doing whatever God asks us to do. Most of us believe that prayer is powerful, so that should always be our first response. We invite God to get involved in our situations through our prayers. The Bible says tremendous power is made available through the prayers of a righteous man. And since we have been given the righteousness of God through our faith in Christ, we can come boldly to the throne of grace and by faith, ask for help in plenty of time to meet our need. Amen. Don't merely pray for the problem to go away or that you'll get something that you need or desire, also pray that God will strengthen you during your waiting period. Pray that you will have the grace to wait with a good attitude. And a good attitude glorifies God as is a good witness of our faith to others. After we've prayed, listeners, it's important that we talk as if we truly believe God is working in our favor. We don't have to deny the existence of the problem, but we should talk about it. We should talk about it as little as possible. It's also very important to include in our conversation that we believe God is involved And we are expecting a breakthrough, period. Hold fast to your confession of faith in God always. A third ingredient in releasing your faith is to do whatever you believe God is asking you to do. Obedience is a key to our victory and shows that we have faith in God. Sometimes he even asks us to do nothing, and in that case, nothing is what we need to do. Sometimes he asks us to do nothing, and in that case, nothing is what we need to do. If we are hearers of the word and not doers, we are deceiving ourselves. The devil will use fear to steal our destiny if we allow him. But our faith has more power than fear when it's released. Use the faith that God has given you. Release your faith by praying, saying, and doing while all the while you have your trust in him. Amen. Okay, Lord, 
What are you going to whisper in our ear today? Oh my goodness, I'm so excited. And the Lord says, Pray to me with praises, even though there may not be anything in your life circumstances that makes you feel like praising, lift up praises anyway. Always approach my throne of grace in praise, for it opens my heart and moves my hand. Your praise brings you into my presence more readily than anything else. And when you praise me, you are laying aside your worries and exalting me, summoning me to move on your behalf. Your heart of faith pierces mine. I am in control over all that concerns you. I hold every detail of your life in my hands. As you praise me, you will have an unshakable assurance that I am with you, working in and through your circumstances, even when you can't see my hand at work. It's your faith in me that will strengthen you to hope in my power to resolve all your problems. Your faith trusts that I have the wisdom and power to bring about my very best in your life. And when you are faced with fears and filled with despair, there is nothing more powerful than to offer up praises to my name. I am your deliverer and I never change. You can trust in me no matter how impossible your situation might be. And when you're down on your knees with nowhere to look up, simply pray through praise and rest in my presence as I unleash my power to bring about your peace. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to the Most High. Psalm 92, verse 1. Come back tomorrow, listeners. Woo! Woo! This is a week full of blessings. Amen. Bye for now.